0: Of failure the system of failure Why don't I ever have to explain myself to you? You were there. You were standing right next to me in that submarine exploded. In that moment I saw it in your eyes. You want to get off this island more than anything else in the world.
1: You're one of us. Hello everyone. Matt here and welcome to Looking Back at Lost. Where each week I look at another episode of ABC's Lost to see how that episode fits into the series as a whole. Today I'll be covering episode 316 entitled One of Us. This is the 65th hour of the series and there are 56 to go. With that let's get into the Wikipedia summary for the episode. In flashbacks, Juliet arrives at an airport with her sister, where Richard Alpert and Ethan Brahm are there to escort her the rest of the way. Juliet says goodbye to her sister Rachel, promising to be back before her baby is born. In the airport terminal, Alpert pours a sedative into a glass of orange juice and gives it to Juliet to drink, explaining that the trip is very intense. Juliet is wary of drinking the juice, even though she is okay with the other circumstances surrounding the trip. Alfred interrupts her and tells her the place she is going is very special, that she has a gift with which she is supposed to do something significant. Juliet drinks the orange juice and passes out. She wakes up in a submarine with her arms strapped down for safety. She then moves to the dock where she meets Ben Linus. Later, Juliet is shown operating with Ethan and Goodwin on a pregnant patient who dies. She is comforted by Goodwin. Juliet meets with Ben and explains her theory that the problems with pregnant women happen at conception. She wants to test this theory by having a woman conceive off the island, but Ben refuses to let anyone go. When Juliet tells him that nothing can be done and asks to go home to be with her sister, Ben informs Juliet that her sister's cancer has come back. He offers her a choice. Either Juliet can go home and be with her sister as she dies, or she can stay here and he will have Jacob cure her sister's cancer. In another scene, Juliet is in bed after sleeping with Goodwin. She is given x-rays with Ben's back, and when she determines that Ben has a tumor, she confronts him and accuses him of lying about Rachel. He denies lying to her and refuses to let her go home. The next day, immediately after Flight 815 crashes, Ben takes Juliet to the flame station to see Mikhail. Ben tells Mikhail he wants information on all the passengers of the plane, then asks him to bring up the live feed. A newspaper shows the current date, September 22, 2004, followed by a shot of Rachel playing with her child. Ben explains that her cancer is in complete remission. In the final flashback, Juliet and Ben discuss their plans immediately before the events of Left Behind. Ben tells her to handcuff herself to Kate, say that she was left behind. She's also told that Claire's implant has been activated, and this will make Claire ill. Juliet is to use the drugs left at the drop point to cure her, and to earn the trust of the survivors. Ben gives her a gas mask and leaves. Meanwhile, on the island, Jack, Kate, Saeed, and Juliet move back to beach camp. They stop for the night, and Jack explains to Kate the deal he made with Ben. Saeed attempts to interrogate Juliet, but Jack intervenes and defends her. At the beach camp, Charlie hears Claire's baby Aaron crying and wakes Claire. Claire is not feeling well, and Charlie offers to take care of Aaron. Jack, Kate, and Saeed return, making Sawyer happy, although he and others express displeasure at seeing Juliet. Later, Hurley engages Juliet in casual conversation. Juliet guesses that Hurley was sent to keep an eye on her, and he tells her that the last other who came over, Ethan, was killed and is buried nearby. That night, Jack tells everyone that he trusts Juliet and that should be enough, but Saeed disagrees. Jack continues to explain that John Locke built the submarine that was to take him home. Claire suddenly collapses with blood gushing from her face. Juliet takes Jack and Kate aside and tells them she knows what is wrong with Claire because she did it to her. At the camp, Juliet explains that Claire's immune system has been turned against her due to a medication given by Juliet. Juliet explains that Ethan kept a stash of serum at a nearby drop point. She goes to the jungle to receive it, but Saeed and Sawyer have followed her and they want answers. Juliet tells them there is no time, and realizing that they are not going to budge, she stands up to them and says she finds it interesting that they are the camp's moral police, considering their violent pasts. With that, Juliet makes her way back to camp, where she injects Claire, who ultimately wakes up feeling better. Juliet is now on the path to being trusted by the survivors. Jack brings her supplies to set up her tent area, and tells her that eventually everyone will need answers, and says that now she is one of us. The episode concludes, after the final flashback, with Juliet setting up her shelter, looking around camp. And tying a final double knot as Jack smiles at her. So with that, let's now get to my thoughts about the episode. Uh, certainly a very, very fun episode. Um, and not kind of fun in the normal sense. It's, it's fun in that we have the rug completely pulled out from us uh, at the end of the episode. We buy it at the end. That any suspicion that we had about Juliet was... Uh, you know, was was not necessary, that she is trustworthy, and then the episode just punches you in the gut for all your troubles. Um, and indeed, well, we, and then you know, we'll talk more at the end about how it's the return of Jack who's getting it so, so wrong. Anyhow, the uh, previously on Lost offers an interesting prospect, our second Juliet flashback of the season. The episode proper opens with a long, quiet trek back to camp, Juliet, by the way, looks particularly lovely. All sweaty whilst bosoms heave from hard walking. I love, by the way, that as they stop to make camp, Said glares at Juliet, and Juliet glares right back. I said before that to me, in many ways, Juliet is kind of Kate 2.0. She has much of the same damage. Uh, not from the same causes, but she's similarly damaged. Um but a stronger woman, a more intelligent woman, a more capable woman, uh, somebody who can uh, you know, fight with the boys, somebody who can stand up for herself in a way that, well, somebody who has a sense of self-determination the way Kate does not. Anyhow, it's at this point when Kate and Jack slip away to get firewood, not a metaphor, and uh, it starts with kind of Jack's thorny seething silence but at that point it turns into a rather lackluster recap of what Jack did with his week with the others hint hint not too much with that we head back to Saeed and he tells us that we're really not jerking around with this episode
0: okay let's have it I want to know what you people are doing on this island why you're terrorizing us making lists kidnapping children i want to know everything but the first thing i'd like to know is
1: who are you not a bad way to get us into the flashback which is the next scene uh, we see juliet visiting middle bioscience complete with ethan <gasps> and richard <gasps> It is, of course, too, uh, it, it's, it's nice to see the return of Juliet's sister, who, we're told, doesn't have cancer anymore. You know, it was an odd choice to keep the scarf over what I can only assume is meant to be the character's bald head. I guess they, for some reason, thought they couldn't throw a short wig on her to say, the hair is returning, you know, because she doesn't have the cancer anymore. Uh, I mean, perhaps there's some subtlety there with the the way the the chemotherapy is working and whatnot. To me, you know, again, kind of separate from, um, you know, the reality of of, of fighting cancer and that sort of thing. To me, the the TV code is you have the scarf over your head. It's chemotherapy. It's cancer. It's sickness. You know, throw a a, a very short wig on her. The hair is coming back. You say, ah, look, no more scarf. She's doing so much better. She's on the mend. Um, you know, maybe they really, you know, really intended this to be quite shortly after her last flashback, which I believe does uh does jive chronologically. Um maybe they also just you know lack faith in their wig department. Hmm. Maybe that one is uh well deserved. Anyhow, flashback over wide-eyed juliet declares that she can't share all she knows lest she be killed for it said threatens and jack sets up a new conflict don't touch her because she's under my protection oh jack all women need to be protected and coddled and kept in kitchens don't they isn't that how you see things jack uh certainly i mean if we know anything about juliet she can she can handle herself but i suppose jack is is taking the kind route here. Anyhow, with that kind of conflict anew, we get the end of the act, we get the title card, and return to Charlie finding Aaron crying. By the way, he looks absolutely adorable in this scene, Aaron does. Uh, And a snoozy Claire who slept through Aaron a-screaming his head off. It's a curious little moment that feels, even for first-time viewers, I think, that it's something that we should be keeping an eye on. Uh, you know, it's it's a detail that they're just trying to sneak in, but it's actually, you know, they're going to do something with it. Anyhow, we go back to Jack and Company. Uh, Juliet recounts her sins from the last two episodes, Then we quickly zip to flashback. It's a posh airport where her vitals are taken. Kind of an odd thing. Uh, she has an orange juice prepared for her with, she's told, a considerable amount of tranquilizer. Why is she prepared for all of this? You know, why Why is all of this being done? Richard monologues about how surely she must feel that where they're going is a special place, an untold place where she can make magic babies grow in wombs where they normally wouldn't. It's an effective moment because they peg her perfectly. They essentially kind of challenge her sense of, I don't want to say being special. I mean, that's kind of an overused... Uh, you know, overused phrase in connection with the show, but they—they, they, you know—nor is it a case that 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 they appeal to her sense of ego, but I think that they just do tap into this thing where she feels that she's on some sort of interesting, destined path, as I suppose she is in a certain sense, given that she uh, she does not leave. Uh, but they kind of call her on it, and with that, she chugs the OJ with a sense of. Uh, a woman desperate for a new start. She wakes up on what we immediately recognize as the sub, along with a friendly Ethan being super friendly, almost to the point that we forget he strung Charlie up from a tree. Uh, with that, Juliet goes to the ladder to exit, and gasp if you didn't see it coming, she indeed is on a sub, at one of those sub docks. Hey! It's all back because it's the magic of flashbacks. Uh, There she meets Benjamin Linus. It's kind of a necessary, fun moment. You know, the genesis of Juliet's time on the island. There she is stepping onto the dock for the first time. There she is shaking hands with Ben for the first time. Anyhow, flashback over. We're on our beach where Claire wants an aspirin. Do you catch that little detail there that she still isn't feeling well? And Jack and company return. This is another fun, necessary moment. Jacchino takes over. Everyone hugs and smiles and reminds us that the group is whole again. Uh, it's a particularly nice moment where Sawyer looks truly happy to see Jack, but happy in the sort of way where he's trying to withhold it. Ditto, at least Ditto in part for his uh, hug to Kate. It's lovely. It's strong. He's not withholding, and it, it really is genuine. It kind of speaks to the uh, oh, to the uh, the way that we really feel about the character, the real connection that we feel to the character uh, for um, you know a good guy who's done bad things, not a bad guy who's done good things. Naturally, of course, this happy vibe is broken by Juliet appearing. And the act ends with Sawyer asking, what the hell is she doing here? After the act break, Juliet is alone. Then Hurley comes along. He gives her the backhanded compliment of not remembering her from that day when they had the bags put over their head. Wonderful line. Juicy line. Uh, It's, it's, this is Jorge Garcia being used properly in this scene where he's, uh, being unassuming he's being un, uh he, he is being direct uh, there's a touch of seriousness to it it's his own sweet way of doing things even like accusing you know he can accuse and be nice of it particularly when you know when he's calling her out as an other and indeed he recounts the story of Ethan being the last other to visit then hits with the capper Ethan's buried over there, he says, in just this wonderful, delicious moment. Great, great use of Jorge. Speaking of dead, we flash back to Juliet having lost a patient. You get what they did there, reference to a dead guy on island. Then we head to someone having just died in flashback. It's called Reuters Flourish, by the way. Uh, Ethan is there, and gasp, so is Goodwin. That's a nice casting touch that really is we're used to Ethan coming back at this point I mean my goodness it's just a couple of episodes ago that he was back for uh for the Nikki and Paolo episode so you know plus I mean neither of these actors Goodwin or Ethan neither neither of the actors that play them are you know starring in the latest uh you know action movies or whatever they're not in in great demand but really nice to bring back Goodwin here Definitely adds a adds a layer to things. It's going the extra mile, you could say. The camera backs up a bit. We're in the staff hatch, though. I don't remember the other episodes in the staff hatch having the rather obvious Georgia O'Keeffe lady part paintings on the wall. Which, yes, I know they're flowers, but I got news for you. They're actually lady parts. Uh, the story moves to Juliet, kind of, you know, post-loss, you know, Sitting, uh, sitting by the water, sad at having lost a patient. Uh, with that, she kindly gives Ben her notice that her efforts aren't working as the women uh, are on the path towards losing babies the moment that those babies are conceived, she says. Uh, with that, Ben lets the walls close in, saying that she shouldn't leave because her sister's cancer has returned, and there's more.
0: I'm sorry I should have told you sooner. I just didn't see what good it would do. What good it would do? I could have gone home. I could have been with her. You still can. You can go home, Juliet. Be with her in her final days. Or you can stay here and help me with our problem. Why would I stay? Because if you do, I will cure your sister's cancer. I'm supposed to take that on faith? You've been here for six months. You've done extensive workups on all of us. Have you seen even a trace of cancer? That's here and being that you won't let me bring my sister here i'm jacob said forth. he would take care of it himself unless of course you don't have faith in him every woman on this island needs you if you choose to stay i promise you we will save rachel's life
1: you know it it stops the conversation i think at least for 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 us uh that jacob is mentioned that he'll handle it personally. It just rings out so loudly uh, to the point that it's almost difficult. You know, Can we really remember a time when Jacob was this unknown hidden force? And you say, oh, there's that Jacob again. Hey, is, is, didn't they mention a Jacob back by the bear cages at one point? Hey, wasn't there some man that Ben referred to, this great and powerful man that they all serve? I, I, I thought he was talking about himself You know, once we got to know who Ben was. But here, blah, 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 blah. And it's just, I mean, my goodness, that that the character of Jacob had such an impact on the series. Was it really just the season five finale that he showed up? Uh, I mean, or maybe it was a tad before, but either way, just, you know, what, what an impact the character had, and a lot of it, uh, it, it, maybe not the majority of it, but a huge portion of it is this slow, slow lead up, little mentions here and there, and you realize Jacob has been mentioned since the middle of the second season. He's been a character, although not always on screen since the second season. Anyhow, the flashback ends, and Jack is wrapping up a speech, explaining uh, all that has gone on. It's fairly predictable. He gives the facts. Sawyer bristles at at, at it all, and so forth. At this point, it's interrupted by Claire, who now is very sick as she spits up a whole bunch of blood. Juliet would like more information about what's wrong. Why? Because she did it to her. Zing. That's how we end the act, just as we were starting to feel sympathetic to Juliet. Uh, Now, there's a little interesting kind of mirroring here. Um, Juliet says she did it to her. That makes us feel worse about Juliet. We quickly learn. It's not kind of literally, or it's not... Well, it's not, Juliet isn't saying to them that it's the time bomb, uh, the taking time bomb, which we will find out at the end of the episode that it was. But it's just interesting that at, at roughly the halfway point here, Juliet is confessing for to, to being a baddie, albeit with some extra flair so the, the act can end. But um, it kind of happens twice. First half ends with Juliet saying, I did this to her. And then the the second half of the episode ends with, you know, Juliet being the mole. Anyhow, after the act break, Giacchino's music is lurking and slithering, mirroring how upside down we're feeling right now. Juliet explains that Claire is the first pregnant woman to give birth on the island. Then the show has a wonderful little bit of backstory.
0: What did you do to her? One of our people infiltrated your camp and began taking blood samples right after your plane crashed. Ethan. Even though Claire didn't conceive on this island, we found that her symptoms were consistent with the previous mother's, so we tried to save her life. By kidnapping her? No, that wasn't supposed to happen. She was our control case. I had developed a serum that I thought would reverse what was happening to her. Ethan was administering the injections. Then you found out that he wasn't on the plane. The census. I interviewed everyone. One of them isn't in the manifest. He wasn't on the plane. So he improvised. Hello there. He kidnapped her on his own. That was never the plan. Look. I know how this sounds, but without those injections, Claire would have died. Without the serum, she's going into a form of withdrawal. And if I don't treat her quickly, her immune system could shut down entirely. Jack, I can fix this. I just need the serum. Ethan kept a stash of medical supplies near the caves where you used to live. If I go right now, I can be back before it's too late.
1: It's it's so wise that, you know, if you're going to do a montage and have exposition, you know, the montage incorporates some of the most thrilling bits of the series. It incorporates some of the sound language, that kind of, you know, zip, zip, zoop of um, Claire's, uh, you know, the, the flashbacks of Claire's abduction. Um, just, I mean, it's thrilling because you're kind of all of a sudden seeing Uh, This larger sense You're seeing how Juliet fits into it And it does not feel shoehorned in The way a lot of the Nicky and Paolo stuff did Which was kind of almost shoehorned in 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 a Forrest Gump sort of way Where, look, they're actually at the crash Har, har Look, this is why Paolo went into the bathroom Um, This is a much more uh, I don't know It it kind of snaps in perfectly To the overall uh, Mosaic uh, of the story so far, and you know I also wonder too, why it is that uh, there's this issue with pregnant women giving birth. I off the top of my head, I don't believe the show ever really addresses that. Um, I do have to think back to one of the other times, in fact, as I can recall, the only time that we've seen another uh, birth on the island, it being the birth of uh, of uh, Jacob and his twin. And uh, I just, I wondered if that was some sort of uh, uh, connection there, um, some sort of, you know, Jacob is angry, so he won't let this happen, but it doesn't quite strike me as Jacobian. But um, anyhow, it's just a, a little sliver of a thought there. Uh, back to this episode, though. Jack gives the okay for Juliet to go get the solution serum, and we flash back to Juliet post-coitus with Goodwin. Another nice touch. Uh, I particularly like that our heroes will find out, you know, kind of, we can reflect and say, who are Juliet's top two co-workers, Goodwin and Ethan? Our heroes took out both of them. I think that's kind of a little moment of pride. We get more of the other backstory connections, other with a big O. uh, Backstory connections uh, as Juliet looks at some x-rays. We, of course, can predict easily... That it's Ben's back. He takes the news of his cancer uh, remarkably well. And there's a slightly over-the-top scene where Juliet screams and screams and screams that Ben must have lied about curing her sister's cancer. It's, you know... I heard a quote a couple days ago that uh, art, at least acting, um, is about restraint. That to bawl your eyes out, in a production with the loudest of of wails and weeps, then you end up on a soap opera to make the audience feel as though you are trying not to cry and barely losing the battle. You know, that's Oscar-worthy acting. Here, it might be genuine emotion. It might be how many of us would react by just yelling with anger and sadness over what Ben had done to us if we were in Juliet's shoes, but my goodness... Dear Elizabeth Mitchell, dial it back just a tad. Anyhow, then the scene turns uh, touching as she just pleads to go home. And it really does turn that fast. She's sitting there going, geez, she's screaming her head off too. oh, my goodness, she's trapped in a lovely little house in a lovely little community of Othersville. She is abjectly trapped there. And you can't help but feel anything other than sympathy. Ben, of course, just baldly denies her. And Juliet weeps her way to the act break. And after it, uh, we're on the current story, while Juliet gets to her secret stash of special serum, where it's daytime, when once it was nighttime. By the way, kind of a weird dealio there. Uh, She's confronted by Sawyer and Saeed, who uh, she notes have become the camp's moral police. She then shows her guts by recounting their sins monologuing her way to their abject silence as she just takes the serum case and walks off. It is... is re- That's one of the reasons why we love Juliet as a character. Her sins aside, the woman has the woman has guts. The woman has looks that, we cut to flashback. The Ben fight recently over. As she composes herself, as things were at the start of season three, we realize... And the scene picks up as gasp we montage through her book club the shaking in othersville then
0: goodwin ethan there may actually be survivors you're one of them a passenger here you're in shock. Listen, learn, don't get involved. I want lists in three days. Go. So I guess I'm out of the book club.
1: At this point, there's a really nicely done move to integrate new footage because Ben wants to share something.
0: Juliet. Juliet. I was looking for you this morning. You and I need to talk now we have some time it's important take a walk with me
1: the walk is to the uh, uh to mikhail's station uh where uh not only does ben kind of have an initial fact-finding reaction asking mikhail uh to get information on all the people who are on the plane mikhail uh who it's nice to see him having returned uh, to the show as well as he's off to do even on the the non-flashback portions of the uh of the series uh mikhail says that he's already working on uh, getting files of everyone but ben of course has other plans other reasons to be there
0: hello richard can you hear me notice today's date this is live okay richard
1: The camera shows a toddler on a slide. And we end up seeing Juliet's sister. We're happy for Juliet, of course. Oh, God. Uh, though I think there's a, a real pondering for us uh, about who this great and powerful Jacob is.
0: Oh, my God. A little over two years ago, to everyone's surprise, Rachel's cancer went into complete remission. Shortly after she gave birth to a healthy baby boy, his name is Julian.
1: So we're sitting there wondering, who is this guy who can cure cancer? Apparently just the snap of his finger.
0: <laughs> okay, thank you, Richard. you want to get back here as soon as you can. We may have some new visitors.
1: Great little moment. It's Ben being simultaneously kind and manipulative. It's uh, heartfelt. It's, uh, again, there's this eerie undertone you know get over the fact that the sister is still alive and what a beautiful baby boy and then say to yourself who's this guy who did this who is this jacob um I, you know i feel that the first time I, I, I saw season 3 i didn't quite appreciate this slow build to jacob um but boy is it uh is it uh just a, a you know Quite an interesting scene, and it's a scene that concludes with a snarky reference to Ben hoping that there is a new mother on the plane. Which, of course, brings us back to this, uh, you know, this on-island story, or this present-day story, if you will. Back on the beach, Juliet appears and gets reminded by Jack that if it doesn't work, it'll be trouble for her. Then she injects Claire. What will happen? Well, we go to commercial break. And right after it, Claire pops out of a nice deep sleep feeling 100% better. Yippee! That was fast. Uh, We move to Juliet on the beach, with Jack bringing her a complimentary starter kit, blanket, tarp, pillow, etc. Juliet asks Jack why he never needed an explanation as to her motive. He says it's because he knows she wants to leave, and that makes her... One of us... Hey, it's like the episode title. That worked out well. Uh, with that, we see Juliet starting to put her shelter together, and all is lovely in the world. Though, you know, a quick look at the clock does tell us that there's, there's more episode to go, and it's rare for things to end so nicely uh, on the show.
0: Let's go over it again. I know what to do. Let's go over it again, just to be sure. I drag Austin out into the jungle, handcuff myself to her, then tell her I was gassed, just like she was. And if she catches you in the lie? I'll admit to it. Tell her it was the only way to earn her trust. Good. What then? They'll take me back to the beach. I know you want me to go there but after everything we've done to them, it's going to be a problem. We've activated the implant in Claire. She should be symptomatic within the next 48 hours. By the time you get to that camp, you'll have a nice big crisis to solve. I'll need supplies. Price is already on his way. He'll hide the case at Ethan's old draw point. Tell Jack that you can save her. He trusts you. Are you all right? in a week.
1: With that very shocking, very claustrophobic reveal, the episode closes with Beach Juliet sweetly looking at all around her, starting to properly integrate into the camp, starting to feel. Uh, well, others getting used to her now that she's proven herself. Juliet is preparing her uh, her lean-to, sweetly looking on as she ties that final knot. The greatness of this episode is that it really, you know, it hurts us. Not the way, you know, losing a, a main character would, but they had us hook, line, and sinker. This is the nice lady who, you know, was able to get her sister pregnant. This was the nice lady who's just trying to take her skills and make the world a better place. This is the nice lady who's just trying to bring life into the world against the considerable odds that the island places upon people. This is somebody who genuinely wanted to topple the awful uh, Ben. So on and so forth. This is somebody who desperately wants to leave in a way that most of our complacent survivors, probably just by dramatic necessity of, you know, not complaining about getting off the island nonstop all the time. And by season three, that they don't fight the way she does to want to leave. And the show kind of dares break our hearts. Um, And say, here's somebody who is so admirable in so many ways, but we're going to, uh, (laughs) we're going to make her appear to be a villain. Um, And so unquestionably, so, so unquestionably. It's not just Ben offering some little tips here and there. It's down to Claire's sickness was something that they, you know, it was an ace up their sleeve and they played that card. Just uh, just a really, really... uh, great episode and you just feel like oh, finally they're away from the others and then now it's like there's one in, in the camp they pulled the same thing again this is the third one to come live with them and they're doing it again and people know it's happened twice and here's the third time and they there's no question you know, she wasn't on 815 everyone understands where she came from but you know they've been out thought again and speaking of agains, here we have Jack being very, very wrong again. Which you know, it's been a I think for much of this season, Jack has been you know he's been making good decisions or he's been making the best possible decisions. But here we have him to Said, to Sawyer, to everyone, swearing that this is the way to go, swearing that that uh, Juliet can be trusted, and then we learn that you know her intentions are 100% the opposite of uh, of of what we were led to believe by her and and the jack is complicit in that so really just a you know a top-notch episode here we are are we can you call this properly the three-quarter mark of the series uh, of the season i mean 16 out of 22 you know it's in the neighborhood of let's say the two-thirds mark and as you know if we're turning around for that that you know that third portion of season three it's it's really ramping up nicely it's really really uh you know a lot of fun by my quick math here through the looking glass is a two-parter so we kind of had the six episodes start and then we have equal length parts from not in Portland to last week's "Left Behind," and then from here, "One of Us" all the way through "Looking Glass" Part Two. So, just a uh, you know a really solid episode to start to bring things uh, into um, into tension as we start the final third of season three. A season that starts, I would argue, very very flawed in a bunch of ways, and works its way to arguably the best. Uh, cliffhanger that the show does that would be my argument that the the end of season three you can't figure out when he had this beard and then they just blow you away with the your your basic understanding of the show has fundamentally changed but obviously that's a handful of weeks away uh probably what about uh six eight weeks or so but uh, let's get to some of the bits and pieces from Lostpedia for this episode. Uh, there are a couple anagrams, as has been noted before. Middleos, as in Middleos Bioscience, is an anagram for lost time. Uh, the airline that they are using is Herarot, which is an anagram for Earhart. Of course, Amelia Earhart was the famous pilot who disappeared under mysterious circumstances over the Pacific. Uh, there also is uh, another little bit here. Where did it go? There's a, uh, a nice little moment where, uh, it's not a moment exactly, but this episode was originally titled, says Lostpedia, The Truth About Lying. It was going to be Charlie-centric. Uh, this also happened with the season two episode Collision, which was promoted as being called Old Habits. Uh, Lostpedia also says that this is the second and last Juliet episode to come before a Desmond-centric episode, as the other woman in season four follows after the Desmond-centric constant. Also, Juliet's flashback at the start of A Tale of Two Cities follows Desmond's flashbacks in the season two finale of Live Together, Die Alone, Part Two. And, uh, one of the last little bits here, uh is that 20 minutes and 48 seconds, more than half of the episode's running time, is spent on flashbacks. And let's see, I believe that is it. There's some basic complaints here about some continuity stuff and how she has a bag from 2006 back in 2001, how uh, the EKG about Rachel's cancer refers to a male who's 187 pounds and 5'11". I mean, that's not stuff that I get too bent out of shape over. Um, something how at the ten minute mark on the the DVD and presumably Netflix as well, uh, you can see a boom mic clearly visible. Again, you know I don't I don't get too bent out of shape about that stuff. Um, you know, especially you know it's, I think it's rare to catch that unless you're 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 really looking. It's sloppy if it happens, but um, you know, say la vie, say la vie. So with that, let's look ahead to next week's uh, episode. It is Catch-22, a Desmond episode. And uh, as I recall, not a particularly great one. Um, I kind of feel my my memory is that it was a bit kind of shoehorned into, you know, and another interesting uh, bit of business from Desmond's past as opposed to our desire I think, to kind of keep things moving forward in a way that this week's episode did. Yes, it was a flashback, but it was islandy type stuff. You know, it was all, all of Juliet's flashback in this episode was island-related. It was Richard and Ethan. It was meeting Ben. It was Juliet's, uh, you know, uh, reproductive health work, um, so on and so forth. But I am, of course, a Desmond fan, and there's some, some fun if not kind of terribly shocking uh, Charlie stuff that uh, occurs in that episode. So something to look forward to next week. And if you'd like to share feedback, you can say hello to me on Twitter, where I'm Looking Back Lost. Send an email to lookingbacklost@gmail.com at gmail.com or visit the webpage lookingbackatlost.podbean.com. Uh, you can also call the listener line 732-707-1815. So with that, thank you very much for listening. As always, I'm glad that we had a slightly longer episode today. Uh, sometimes I worry, you know, with uh, having a busy schedule as we all do, you know, that I, I, I worry that uh, shorter episodes happen on the weeks that there's you know, been busier times. But uh, I think it's just, you know, at this point, 65 episodes in, I think it's just I, I go where the content goes, and if it's a you know an actiony actiony. Uh, type episode that's a little bit less to, to chew over than than say this week the island mysteries. So anyhow, take care everybody, and talk to you again next week for 317 Catch 22. Bye bye.